welcome back. Let's continue our discussion of the best time to file for Social Security. The three principles, just let me recap them very quickly. The first principle is that the decision to retire is separate from the decision of when to file for Social Security. Retire on your assets, but wait on Social Security. And the third principle is that you need to maximize your income stream for life from Social Security, that that's the most important element to your retirement security. Now, the assumption I've been making is that everyone's going to live a long life. Will these principles help you if you don't live a long life? They will not. But the assumption is that everyone's going to live a long life because I believe that's the most important thing I should do is help people when they're planning for retirement recognize how long they could live and what their situation is going to look like if they do live a long life. And maximizing their Social Security benefit is vital to that situation. Now, outside of the break-even strategies, uh, there's another reason why you should consider waiting until age 70. So setting aside how long we're going to live, medical advances, all these different assumptions that um, you're going to live a long life and so forth, there's another reason that you need to consider. And that's what happens with a surviving spouse. In the example of Jim and Sally, I talked about Jim and Sally were age 66. Now, that would be a little bit unusual for a married couple because most married couples would not be the same age. The male would be older. But females live longer than males. So it would be very likely in most married couple situations that the female is going to outlive the male. So what? Well, under the Social Security rules that we have right now, if someone passes away, you're allowed to keep the higher of the two benefits, but not both. In Jim and Sally's situation, I mentioned that if they filed for Social Security at age 66, they would receive $22,000 of Social Security benefits. But I didn't say how much of that was Jim's and how much of that was Sally's. If all of that was Jim's and Jim passed away, then Sally would just refile for Jim's benefit as a widow benefit. But that would not be realistic for today. Today, women are, are, are becoming more and more important in the workforce. They're more and more important to the household budget. They're earning more money. They're contributing more to the retirement benefits. So it's more likely in today's society that husbands and wives will be 50-50. So what? Well, most people that I meet with going into retirement might be very comfortable with both Social Security benefits when they start retirement. But 20 years later, if they lose one of those Social Security benefits, they're going to be in trouble. And this is a big reason why I conclude that about 95% of people that I meet with are not prepared for retirement. And this is part of the reason. This is the biggest reason. It's not just if someone gets sick. It's because by the time most people will lose one of their Social Security benefits, they've also lost their assets. They've used their assets and they don't have additional assets to convert to income. So they lose potentially 50% of their income at that time, and it typically happens later in life. And it happens in a time when they don't have a lot of assets and they can turn around and replace that income. Now, it might be surprising to you to know that the largest segment of poverty in this country today is also the fastest growing segment of poverty in this country today, and that's people over age 85. 
And over the next 20 years, that's just going to absolutely blow up. I mean, the biggest problem that I feel like that our society is going to have to face over the next 20 years is what do we do with all the old people? How do we take care of them? Who pays for their medical expenses? I doubt the government's going to do it since they're bankrupt. So the biggest issue that I'm trying to point out is what I would call planning for surviving spouses. And this is a big reason to wait till age 70, and it's probably the single biggest reason that you should wait until age 70. Again, setting aside how long you're going to live and the break-even and all these different strategies. Um, most people going into retirement don't have life insurance. The kids are grown. They've dropped those things. They're, not, they're, not, they're very expensive. So the only real way that we can protect our spouses is by maximizing the income stream from Social Security. Because when somebody waits until age 70, not only do they maximize their age 70 Social Security benefit for themselves, they also maximize it for their spouse as a survivor benefit. Because remember, under the rules, we're not allowed to continue both benefits. We're only allowed to continue the higher of the two. So maximizing that is really the only real way to help our surviving spouses. So in Jim and Sally's situation, if Jim outlives Sally and their $22,000 of Social Security benefit is split between them, at least Sally can continue the higher of the two as a widow. And this is a big issue. And it's a big issue because I meet a lot of people, especially in the seminars, that are filing for their Social Security early. Uh, it's very frustrating to me that they file for it at age 62. Um, I hear a lot of times I don't really need the money, so I went ahead and filed for it and I'm investing it or something. And that's fine. The problem is what happens 20 years later. Because that age 62 benefit that's being reduced is also going to be the widow benefit one day for most women. So a lot of people in poverty right now are people are women and they're widows. A lot of people in this overage 85 category are women. And they're women that didn't start out retirement poor. They just ended poor. They live too long, they use their assets along the way, and their Social Security benefit is the only benefit that they have to live off of. And they're living in poverty because they only have one Social Security benefit, not two. So I see this as a real big issue in society, and it's the single biggest reason why I spend so much time with this message, either in seminars or on the radio, because I'm trying to help people understand the importance of this. People are living longer. I don't, I don't think anybody disputes that. But the only real way that we can protect our, our spouses is by maximizing the income stream for life. Now, there is one other point that I want to point out um, to folks in their planning. I mentioned before that a lot of people when they meet with me, they're just not prepared for retirement. They're not going to have enough time to accumulate the assets they really need. They're going to do the best they can, and I want to encourage them in that way. But they're just going to run out of time. So one of the things that becomes very, very important is, again, to maximize the Social Security benefit. And there's another way that we can do that outside of just age 70, and that is by knowing the advantages of working past age 60. So let me explain for a little bit. 
Let me give you a little bit of background. Um, when you receive your earnings statement that says this is what your benefit is, how does the Social Security Administration calculate that? And the way they do that is by looking at your work history from age 22 to age 60. And they take the highest 35 years over that time period and average it. And there's some indexing that goes on for inflation. But when you were past age 60, if your income is higher than any of those years, they will recalculate your benefit. Most people working past age 60 would be at the highest income of their lifetime, especially as opposed to age 22. And if you think about someone like a doctor who has good income history, that income history might not have even started until they were 35. They might have 10 years of zeros associated with their Social Security benefit. So there is a huge benefit and understanding when you work past age 60, particularly if your income is at the highest of your lifetime or certainly higher than one of those 35 years, the Social Security Administration will recalculate your benefit. And it is very dramatic. From age 60 to 70, I've, I've seen people have a very dramatic increase in their Social Security benefit. And that really is the best way that I can help them by maximizing that income benefit because they're just not going to have enough time to accumulate the assets that they need. So that's another important point in the retirement planning that I help with people, um, people that come to me to talk about these things. I want them to understand the benefits associated and the way that they can impact their Social Security benefit over that 10-year period. The combination of working past age 60, the recalculation together with the delayed retirement credits that the Social Security Administration makes from full retirement age to age 70. Now, two other little issues that I just want to cover today, if I can try to get them in. Uh, one issue is the most common question that I receive at the seminars is if you receive Social Security while still working, what happens? So let me explain that rule to you. If you file for Social Security benefit early, early meaning before your full retirement age, and you are still working, you will forfeit so if you're, some of your Social Security benefits if you make over, in, at least in 2018, $17,000. Most people don't know that. I meet people all the time that file for their Social Security and no one told them this. And the thought process is this retirement benefit, so if you file for it early while still working, you're not retired. So there's a penalty involved. Um, that penalty goes away once you receive your full, once you reach full retirement age. So regardless after full retirement age, it doesn't make any difference what you make, you're not going to pay any kind of penalty. So I just want to point that out. And the second question that I want to try to address very quickly is the future of the Social Security situation. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions these days about whether or not Social Security is going to be cut. And what's happening is, for the first time since 1982, the Social Security taxes are not sufficient to support current benefits. And there obviously is a number of changes that Congress is going to have to get around to handling this. But people are asking me if Social Security benefits are going to change. This is also another reason why a lot of people file for Social Security early, because they feel like that the Social Security is going to go away. Well, that's not a true statement, because Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system, meaning that whatever you're receiving 
is paid by current payroll taxes. So to say that no Social Security benefit will be there is to say that no one in this country is working. I do believe that Congress will solve this problem. Uh, they will delay retirement ages, uh, probably raise some taxes associated with Social Security, but they will solve the problem. But I just want to address that Social Security benefits are not being cut, like a lot of people think. And that closes us out for today. I do want to mention to you next week I have a new series on college and paying for college. Uh, there's, I want to provide some ideas for how parents can pay for their child's college and reduce that cost. And I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to talking to you then. You've been listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, an Alabama registered investment advisor. Learn more by visiting his website at ssmistakes.com or by calling 205-868-9297.